Good morning, everyone. Oh, you're awake. Good. Happy Friday. And welcome to chapel. Um, this is Stephanie and I um, doing our chapel that is reflecting over the summer that we spent at the Iona community. And so before we started, we wanted to give you a little bit of an introduction to what the Iona community is all about. So the first thing you need to know is that there is an Iona community, and this is a group of people, but there also is an Iona the island. And that is what this picture is of, and that is the abbey that sits on Iona. And Iona is a tiny little island. It's about three miles in area, and it's an island off of an island off of Scotland. So that's where it is. Now, the Iona community is a group of people that are scattered around um, different parts of the world that are seeking peace and justice. They don't live at the Abbey, but that is their home base. So what happens at the Abbey, and what Stephanie and I did at the summer, um, was maintaining the two centers they have there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, on the island, there are two centers where about 150 guests come and stay each week. And there they are able to participate in the common life with um, meals and worship twice a day, um, daily work and faith conversations. And because the members of the Iona community live all around the world, it's the volunteers who sustain the centers, uh, taking care of meals and housekeeping, uh, worship, etc. Um, so yeah, that's what Emily and I did. We both worked in the kitchen, though each of us in a different center, uh, preparing meals seven to eight hours a day, six days a week. Um, and as I mentioned, there was worship twice a day. Uh, so it was very central to the community's life and it was liturgical. So there were lots of congregational responses and participation. Uh, so when that comes along this morning, I invite you to join in. Uh, but before we begin, we're going to teach you a few songs that we'll be singing, as is uh, tradition at Iona. Uh, because there were new people coming in every week, uh, we couldn't depend on everyone knowing the songs. And so a few minutes before... Um, the service would start, the resident musician would teach some songs so that people could join in more freely when the songs came along. Um, so the first one we're going to learn is quite simple. It, the words are Kyrie eleison, which means Lord have mercy. Um, and if you could, I'll sing it through once and then if you could um, repeat it back to me. That will come um, during a prayer. So when you hear me start to sing it, go ahead and join in. The second one is um, a call and response. Um, and so I'm going to be the caller, and you all will join with Emily in the response. So we'll sing it, sing it through once, and then you can join in the second time. 
teach are not as chant-like, they have verses and choruses, and so the first one I'm going to teach is called I Will Sing a Song of Love, and we'll just learn the chorus and we'll have someone else singing the verses. So this is how the chorus goes. Could you run to the piano on the D? Just a second, need to get the pitch. Mm. I will sing a song of love to the one who first loved me. And I'll sing it as a child of God who is named and known and free. For the love of God is good. It is broad and deep and long. And above all else that matters, God is worthy of my song. So let's just start with the first part of the chorus. As you heard, there's um, two sections that sound exactly the same. So we'll start with that. So repeat after me. I will sing a song of love. I will sing a song of love. To the one who first loved me. To the one who first loved me. And I'll sing it as a child of God. And I'll sing it as a child of God. section together. I will sing a song of love to the one who first loved me, and I'll sing it as a child of God who is and free. The second section is exactly the same, except the ending is a little different. So it's, for the love of God is good. You know that. For the love of God is good. It is broad and deep and long. It is broad and deep and long. And above all else that matters, God is worthy of my song. And above all else that matters, God is worthy of my song. You guys sound wonderful. Okay. And the other song we're gonna sing, we're gonna do both the verses and the chorus because I love them both and want you to experience them. So, I will sing you both the verse and the chorus and then we'll do the verse first and the chorus second. 
begin worship or as we continue worship, I light this lamp in honor of God's presence among us. We're going to begin with this opening response, so I invite you to read the all. Creator of the world, eternal God, we have come from many places for a little while. Redeemer of humanity, God with us, we have come from all of our differences seeking common ground. Spirit of unity, go between God, we have come on journeys of our own to a place where journeys meet. So here, in this shelter house, let us take time together. For when paths cross and pilgrims gather, there is much to share and celebrate. In your name, 
three in one God, pattern of community. Amen. The next song that we're gonna sing is found in Sing the Story, number 39. Um, this is a song from Iona, um, and you may recognize it. And we will be singing all five verses. There are two at the very bottom. So we'll sing um, one, two, the two at the bottom, and then verse three.
About this time last year, I had sent in my application for Iona, and I was in one of those states where you want something so badly that you're gonna try your hardest to do things that you think might relate to it and might help you get there, even though they won't. And it just so happened that during this period of time, I was feeling kind of distressed about the state of Christianity and kind of like, meh, who cares? I don't really know if this is something that I wanna do. But I'm a Bible and religion major, but I'll figure that out somehow. So I ended up in the Goshen Public Library and this book kind of fell into my lap. And it was called Christ of the Celts. And I was like, oh, that sounds like something Iona-ish. I think that I will get it because maybe it'll help me get there. So then I got it from the library and I read it. And not only did I realize it connected very much with the Iona community, but it was saying things that were life-giving and exciting and it was making me like Christianity. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. So I'm going to give you a quick whirlwind mystery tour through Celtic thought and how that relates to what we're gonna be singing and saying throughout the rest of our service today. So let's start with the Druids who were hanging out on the British Isles much, much before um, Christianity came around. And the Druids had this deep belief that within all of creation and humanity itself, there lived a piece of the divine, that in everything there is something sacred. And this idea somehow merged into Christianity as it was brought to the Isles. And so by the time that you got to the fourth century and you had theologians um, arguing with each other, there was this British theologian named Pelagius who got in a bit of trouble with Augustine who was the orthodox theologian at the time. And Augustine was walking around saying, yeah, human beings are depraved. They're born evil. They are sinful creatures. And Pelagius said, but how could you say that? To look into the face of a newborn child is to see the image of God. Well, Pelagius got in a bit of trouble. Um, because to think that human beings are inherently good and that if the deeper we go within ourselves, the more good and light we'll find, the more empowered people become. And this is during a period of time, which is pretty much always in the world that we live in, where it's a lot easier to get power and authority over people if they don't believe in themselves and if they think that they're awful people and need to, in shame, listen to what they're told. So eventually Pelagius gets kicked out for disturbing the peace and life continues on and the normal Orthodox Roman way of seeing Christianity hit the British Isles and life is as it is now. Obviously it's more complex than that. Um, <laughs> so that's the Druid thing, but what about the Christian thing? Where does Christ come into this picture? Well, it's interesting to think about human beings as being good and what that means for Christ. And in a nutshell, what that means for Christ is that Christ is the perfect example of what it means to be human. He shows us and reminds us who we are because there is evil in the world. Just because we are at the heart good does not mean that there is bad. There is not bad happening. We all experience this daily. And it's a result of us forgetting who we are. And through Christ, not only do we see and remember, but we also see the reality of the deep goodness 
in humanity despite that all that is wrong through the death that Jesus suffered because of our bad choices but the resurrection that happened anyway. So, applying to chapel. This is what you're gonna see in the texts that we have up on the screen and that we'll be reading together and also in the lyrics of the songs that we'll be singing. Um, one, you will see a lot of mention of the goodness at the heart of humanity and the goodness in creation. Two, you will see the acknowledgement of God's presence everywhere, within us, within each other, within all human beings, within creation itself, within the earth, the sea, and the sky. And then third, as a result of trying, as seeing Christ as someone who reminds us who we are, there comes a call to, peace, to seeking peace and justice on the earth. And so in a lot of the songs that we sing, there will be mention of, I can't just sit here and accept this. I need to live out what it means to be a truly good human. And I need to help other people remember. And I need to do that all over the world, bringing that salvation to people. So you'll see that as well. So that was your whirlwind mystery tour. And now we're going to sing. So if you would stand and we're going to sing, I will sing a song of love. And what's going to happen is we will sing the chorus and I'll have Brandy Brubaker singing the verses for us.
to a time of confession and prayer. And the way we're going to do it is I have one of the prayers from um, Iona's worship, and I'm going to read it. And at, at, when I say the words, and here now our plea for mercy, you're going to look to Stephanie, and we will sing the Kyrie that you learned earlier. There will also be a section where I say, come and follow me, and I will have a pause there for just a brief time of reflection. So... Eternal God, maker of the skies above, lowly Christ, born amidst the growing earth, spirit of life, wind over the flowing waters, in earth, sea, and sky, you are there. O hidden mystery, sun behind all suns, soul behind all souls, in everything we touch, in everyone we meet, your presence is around us, and we give you thanks. But when we have not touched but trampled you in creation, when we have not met but missed you in one another, when we have not received but rejected you in the poor, forgive us, and hear now our plea for mercy. Thank you. 
now the words of Jesus for all who are truly sorry and seek to renew their lives. Your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Come and follow me. Lead us now, O God, to acknowledge your costly generosity by living as forgiven people until heaven and earth rejoice and the whole earth cries glory. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now we're going to sing our holy, holy call and response. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is the one who comes. Perhaps it was the excitement of having arrived after traveling a full day by train, and then a ferry, and a bus, and another ferry. But as I stepped onto the island of Iona, I immediately sensed a certain presence that filled and swept through that place. And as I walked through the abbey for the first time, the stones themselves seemed to breathe prayer whisperings of the untold numbers of people who have passed through that place since its medieval construction. But whether or not the excitement played a part, I know now that it was the spirit of the place, of the island, that I felt. Iona is what Celtic theology calls a thin place, a place where people feel most strongly connected with God's presence. Places where the inhabitants of both the spiritual and the material worlds can momentarily touch the other. It is a place where it is possible to touch and be touched by God. The island of Iona, which is only three miles long and one mile wide, is lusciously green and craggy, and wild, windswept, and waterbogged. It's vibrant and alive, seemingly untouched by human life. Literally, every time I walked outside, I would stop, struck by the awesome beauty, wondering at it as if I were seeing it for the first time. And each morning, as I stepped out of our house on my way to work, I couldn't help but pause and open my arms wide to embrace the surrounding beauty and greet the new day. One afternoon, as I 
walked out of the abbey and paused as usual. I stood there in the warmth of the sunshine, looking across the butterbell-studded meadow where sheep and cows grazed, and across the Caribbean blue waters. And suddenly I sensed the world around me sharpen, and I entered into a profound sense of oneness with everything surrounding me. Suddenly the island was a part of me, and I was a part of it. And it affirmed what I'd always believed about the divine being ever-present and about being one with all around me. But this was the first time that I was aware of that reality. Needless to say, in my 10 weeks on Iona, I discovered a profound affinity for the earth. The island spoke to me. And the land, wind, and water bestowed on me a deep sense of peace that I'd not experienced before. In a way, I felt like a different person, completely renewed and strengthened. Which makes sense, because in addition to Iona being a thin place, the island is also a place of liminality, which means it's a threshold space where all transformation is made possible. Um, Guests and volunteers who come to the island are quite intentional about making the journey and often come at a time of transition in their lives. And so they're seeking something, which makes them that much more vulnerable to discomfort and disorientation, confusion and conflict. And together, we live in that liminal space, as raw and difficult as it can be and we hold each other and love one another in that space. It's transforming, it's healing. Emily and I had quite different experiences, um, making it our own, and yet we both experienced Iona as a thin place and as a threshold for transformation. We both fell in love with the island and the people and have left brimming with stories and rich experiences. So if you have questions or perhaps want to volunteer yourselves, come talk to us. We'd love to share more. Before our last song, let's stand and read the response on the screen. O oh God, who called all life into being, the earth, the sea, and sky are yours. Your presence is all around us. Every atom is full of your energy. Your spirit enlivens all who walk the earth. With her, we yearn for justice to be done, for creation to be freed from bondage, for the hungry to be fed, for captives to be released, and for your kingdom of peace to come on earth. And if you stay standing, um, we're going to have Jeffrey play through the melody and the chorus to remind us how they go on the penny whistle. And then we are going to sing.
Go, seek peace, and pursue justice. And have a wonderful weekend.